0: For over 10 years, Grammarly has been powered by AI technology that you trust. With one click, you and your team can easily brainstorm, rewrite, and reply with personalized suggestions. You'll be amazed at what you can do. Go to Grammarly.com go to download for free.
1: Hey, guys, I'm Monica Crowley, and this is the Monica Crowley Podcast. Thank you so much for joining me here on this Friday. We have survived yet another week in Biden's America. Congratulations. This is your go-to for hot liberty, a safe space for all of us thought criminals, independent thinkers, and happy warriors. And yes, we are all happy warriors. Even when times are dark, maybe especially when times are dark, we are happy. Happy warriors on social media, Instagram at Monica Crowley underscore and Twitter and true social at Monica Crowley. Also by email at Monica Crowley podcast at gmail.com. All right, next week, we're going to speak with Congresswoman Kat Kamek. Uh, Also, we've got some other things lined up. They're not totally firmed up yet, but I can promise you that they will be really important conversations that you're absolutely going to want to hear. So big shows coming up next week and later today uh, because it's Friday and because we have just been pummeled this week with all kinds of news, Tucker Carlson, the media, Joe Biden. It's just, it's a nonstop assault on us. So today, a little later in the show, we're going to bring some levity and some laughs with a very special guest who also happens to be very funny and a lot of fun. So you're not going to want to miss that. I promise that's coming up in just a couple of minutes here. Okay. First though, the Monica memo. I want to begin with one of my favorite quotes from George Orwell. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. Let me repeat that. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. I consider myself a revolutionary in this context. You probably do too. Because... The lies are coming at us fast and furious. The propaganda, which is just basically state-sanctioned lies, coming at us fast and furious. Everything seems inverted. Everything is upside down. And, you know, I think about the scripture that there will be a time when good is called wicked and wicked is called good, and we are certainly moving through times like that. And I, my goal on this uh, program from the very beginning – was to always tell you the truth, uh, to bring you stories that you may not hear in a lot of other places, and to bring you analysis that you may not hear in a lot of other places, with a few exceptions, like Steve Bannon's War Room. And by by the way, if you haven't heard my conversation with Steve Bannon, that was on Wednesday's show this week, please go and listen to it. Really, really really important show and very important conversation. So there are a few of us out there swinging, uh, trying to tell the truth in these very dark times. Uh, But because the left controls all of the levers of power, it's been very difficult. Um, My friend Tucker Carlson was out there swinging every night as well um, on a lot of different platforms, trying to bring all of us the truth. And now he has gone from Fox, But yesterday, or the day before, he actually released his very first video uh, after being removed from his APM perch at Fox. And as of this morning, when I am doing this show, um, that video had well over 70 million views. And I want you to take a listen to just a part of what he said. Roll it.
0: Our current orthodoxies won't last. They're brain dead. Nobody actually believes them. Hardly anyone's life is improved by them. This moment is too inherently ridiculous to continue. And so it won't. The people in charge know this. That's why they're hysterical and aggressive. They're afraid. They've given up persuasion. They're resorting to force. But it won't work. When honest people say what's true, calmly and without embarrassment, they become
1: powerful. When honest people say what's true, they become powerful. That is a very powerful line that he just gave us there, right? It's 100% accurate, and it called to mind this Orwell quote, and that's why I wanted to bring it to you. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. And when you become a revolutionary in any context, but certainly in this one where you are out there swinging trying to tell the truth, Um, And confronting very, very powerful dark forces out there by telling the truth, those dark forces will see to it that you are silenced, that you are marginalized, that you are taken off the field because you become so powerful, not with swords or bombs, but with the word of truth. The pen is mightier than the sword. How do you like that? Orwell and Shakespeare, all on the same monologue from Monica Crowley. How do you like that? Huh? The pen is mightier than the sword. So is the spoken word. And Tucker was a revolutionary for sure. He remained so. And like I said the other day, he can certainly write his ticket uh, once he's free, after he negotiates this exit from Fox, to do whatever he wants. And will have an incredibly powerful platform. This is what we are trying to do on this program as well. We are revolutionaries for the truth. We are revolutionaries for our country. We are revolutionaries for basic human freedom. Because these dark forces, their main objective is to crush human freedom. We're focused here on America, but this agenda is so much bigger than America. This is about crushing Western civilization. This is about establishing a one-world government where everybody's got a digital ID and your basic humanity is stripped away. This is what transhumanism is all about. They basically want to turn you into a robot where they scan your eyes and you are a number. I started uh, today with George Orwell, and I do want to recommend to you guys, once again, take some time, maybe over the summer, maybe now, the sooner the better, But I want you to reread 1984 by George Orwell. I also want you to read Animal Farm by Orwell. Animal Farm is a brief book because it's just, it's basically a parable. It's a metaphor for absolute totalitarian tyranny. Orwell, when he wrote 1984 and Animal Farm, he had two totalitarian regimes in mind, Soviet Russia and Nazi Germany and his books are a warning that tyranny creeps up on you and then clobbers you over the head, and you're either dead or you're enslaved. What do you think is happening here? Go back and read 1984 and Animal Farm, and for good measure, throw in Aldous Huxley's Brave New World. Elon Musk has been tweeting about uh, Brave New World uh, over the last week or so. You can go check his Twitter feed on that. But it is that book as well will really resonate with you today about how the state has total control, how they keep the population drugged, where they say that the drug is for your good and for the common good, and that's how they keep the people down, and that's how they stay in power. This is the modus operandi of every single tyrannical government regime in the history of the world. This is how you keep the people down by the use of force, by coercion, by giving them a quote-unquote vote to make them think that they actually have a voice, but they have no real power. This is how they keep people down so that they can stay in power. And we've got a softer version of it than, say, Genghis Khan, or Nazi Germany, or Stalin's Russia. But this is a tyranny nonetheless, and it's getting more extreme, and it's heading in those directions faster than anybody wants to admit. In a time of universal deceit, telling the truth is a revolutionary act. So if you are a truth teller, you'll see the character in 1984 who is sort of the the rebel. He rejects what the state is doing. Um... You know, you'll see all of that in these novels. You'll see the people who want to stand up and they are crushed by the system. This is what's happening to us. We are revolutionaries for the truth and we are being crushed by the system. Canceled, silenced, thrown off of social media, thrown off Fox News, thrown off, you know, any kind of platform that might give you the ability to go out there and tell the truth. Can't tell the truth on CNN you certainly can't tell the truth on MSNBC. I mean, come on, right? So, you know, the 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 areas where you can speak the truth, tell everybody what's actually going on are these sort of independent platforms like this one, the Monica Crowley podcast. Joe Rogan is out there telling the truth, Megyn Kelly. I mean, the independent media is it's it's more niche, it's less mass marketed than the broadcaster cable networks, but it will give us revolutionaries more of an opportunity to actually say the truth. And the audience, like you guys, will find the voices of truth, like you have found me here, right? Or you'll find Steve Bannon, you'll find Tucker Carlson when he goes out and does his thing. It is, it, it's become more atomized out of necessity, because the powers that be are so intent on crushing the truth, And to what end? Again, it's the globalist vision of a one-world government where everything is digitized and you have no personal or economic freedom. They can shut off your ability to move, buy, spend, access your money with a flip of a switch. That's the vision. That's the dystopian vision of the future that they have in mind for all of us. So those of us, like the characters in Orwell or Huxley, who stand up and say, oh, hell no, hell no. I value my freedom. I value my humanity too much to go down this road like a sheep and just accept it. We reject it. And then we take it a step further and actually point out to others exactly what's going on. We tell the truth. We are revolutionaries. So this podcast and and other shows like it, we are the outposts for freedom. We are the outposts for the revolution, the revolution against the transhumanist, anti-freedom, totalitarian, tyrannical revolution that's been coming down on our heads for a very long time. But now we're wide awake, and the powers that be do not want us wide awake. They want us to continue to be sheep because sheep are more easily controlled. You herd them up, and you send them in a direction, and they go. That's what the powers that be want. In order to achieve that, they have to destroy the United States, which is exactly what's going on right now. I don't know if you saw this. This is a very underreported story this week, but the U.S. economy grew a measly 1.1% in the first quarter. And without autos, auto sales for some reason were were big, maybe because we had a warm winter and people came out to look for a new car in January, February, March. I don't know. But this is, if you strip out uh, auto sales, we'd actually be at like 0% or maybe even into recessionary territory. A lot of people suspect that we're heading into a recession later this year. And the question is, how deep and how protracted? A lot of people are saying mild, but a lot of people have been wrong about all of this since the beginning of the Biden administration, right? Right. So a sluggish 1.1% annual pace in the first three months of this year, despite strong consumer spending. So we are, or at least were in the first three months of this year, still spending money. And maybe that's buoying uh, this economy a little bit. But the weakness here came from business investment and inventories. And that maybe suggests that businesses are expecting a weaker level of consumer spending going forward consumer is always the last outpost <laughs> for the economy because we love to buy our stuff, uh, myself included. We love our stuff. So we're basically holding up this economy. But, you know, if consumer spending starts to weaken and auto sales start to flatten a bit, now we're, we're in a recession. And the only question is how deep but and how long. But the bigger economic crisis is also coming. It's not just inflation, it's a whole other ball of wax, including the move to a central bank digital currency, which dovetails with what I started with about Orwell total and absolute control of you and you, every move you make, every thought you have, every word you speak by the state. I believe we're basically in a tyranny now. It might be a soft tyranny, but it's a tyranny nonetheless. You're not being told the truth except for places like this. And they are seeking to narrow every opportunity for people to hear the truth on shows like this and speak the truth as well. The threat of cancellation, the threat of destruction, using the entire weight of the federal government from the IRS showing up at Matt Taibbi's door the day he was testifying the truth to Congress, the removal of Tucker Carlson, all of these things, uh, the the uh, constant assault on Donald Trump, having the FBI show up at his door—these are all messaging events, guys. They're all messaging events, and you are the audience. Yes, it has to do with the individuals involved, like Trump or Tucker, whatever. But ultimately, you are the audience because, in the end, you are the target. Never, ever forget that. All of this, from the economy to the wide open border, we're going to cover that next week as well because Title 42 is about to be lifted. And there are, I think I heard reported this morning, about 800,000 illegals massing at the border, ready to storm the border as soon as it's lifted. So you'll get like a million people here overnight and then millions more will just come in. All of this is by design. It is cloward and Piven. Overwhelm the systems in order to destroy the systems in order to have a free hand to rebuild a communist model. That's exactly what's going on. And what I just told you is a revolutionary act. That's why you come to this show, and I'm so grateful. Thank you. Thank you for coming here and caring enough about your country to come here and hear the truth. We are happy warriors, but we're also fierce warriors, aren't we? All right, guys. Um, we are going to lighten it up as revolutionaries. Even revolutionaries need to laugh once in a while. huh? Am I right? (laughs) So when we come back, very special and very funny and fun guest. So here we go on a Friday. Sit tight. Okay, everybody, listen up. We all want to be healthier, right? Well, to get there, we have to have a healthier diet, which is not always easy to do. I can attest to that. You know, that shredded lettuce in a double-double and the fruit filling in a donut are amazing, but they do not count toward the recommended five servings of fruits and vegetables a day. Sorry to be the one to break it to you, but they don't. I don't always eat healthy either, but I will share that the Mayo Clinic says if you want to help prevent heart disease, lower blood pressure, and cholesterol eat five servings of fruits and vegetables every day. I don't, and you probably won't. That's why I take Field of Greens. Unlike other supplements, each fruit and each vegetable in Field of Greens was medically selected by doctors to support your vital organs, like the heart, lungs, kidneys, and the immune system. and take Field of Greens. Let me get you started with 15% off your first order. Visit fieldofgreens.com and use promo code MONICA. That's promo code MONICA at fieldofgreens.com, fieldofgreens.com. Well, I told you guys all week that we were going to be joined today um, by a surprise guest and someone who's really fun and someone who's really talented and someone who's very funny because we cover a lot of heavy duty issues on this show. And every once in a while, we really have to lighten things up, bring some levity, and have some laughs. Otherwise, we will go insane, which is what the left wants us to do. And we refuse to give in, especially on that score. So, joining us today, and I am so thrilled to have him here, is Sean Farish. He is the host of Ungoverned, on LFA TV on Rumble, you can find it there. That is done every weekday, Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern to 11 a.m. Eastern. Very funny show, very great show, really important show. So please go check it out. On Twitter, he is at Sean S H A W N Sean underscore Farish F A R A S H, and you can find him online at Captain Deplorable Forty Five. Dot com, but I think he's going to have to change that uh, web address to CaptainDeplorable47.com pretty soon. Sean Farish joins us now. Sean, welcome.
0: Oh, Monica, thank you so much for having me on. I probably couldn't have written a better intro. That was really, that was really nice. Uh, thank you very <laughs> much for, for bringing me on, and I'm, I'm uh, excited to be here, uh, excited to, uh, to join your show and, uh, and and just really excited about like what you just said, you know, Captain Deplorable 47. Right. It's, it's almost we, we know what we want. That's what I want for for many reasons. Um, more than just uh, that, that I have the ability to sound like Donald Trump. But I do believe he is the man for the times. Uh, pretty much agree with exactly what Byron Donald said when he when he made his endorsement of, uh, of Donald Trump. Uh, but I'm just uh, overall from this point going into the 2024 election excited about just so much and really excited to be here.
1: Well, I am absolutely thrilled that you're here. And I want to tell the audience what I told you before we went live here, which is that when I launched this podcast a little over a year ago, last year, I put on my iPhone, I put a list of dream guests, that people who I really, really wanted to book on the show for a whole variety of reasons. And your name, I literally have it on my phone right now, The Captain Deplorable guy, (laughs) because I didn't know your your actual name at the time, but I had listed you along with President Trump and so many others. I said, I got to get Captain Deplorable because... You are so talented, and your impression, particularly of, of President Trump, is so spot on. It really, I think, got me and a lot of people through some very difficult times, including, you know, the Trump presidency, which was just beset with leftist assault coming from every direction, but also, you know, the 2020 election, January 6th, and then the aftermath of the election going through Obama's third term here uh, through uh, Joe Biden. It's gotten a lot of us through a lot of very dark times. And so I had you on the list and I am so happy that we finally got this done.
0: Oh, I'm so happy to hear that. I'm honored to hear that. It's just freaking, this is Monica Crowley, folks. I mean, this is, I, I'm not a, I'm not, Sitting here with some Joe Schmo. This is Monica Crowley, and I've been following you for a while, and I am so excited to hear that that you have wanted uh, wanted to get me on. I'm uh, just thrilled to hear that. That's really cool. And and the the impersonation of Trump is something that um I mean it for me sometimes I do it when I don't even know I'm doing it. I'll just be talking to to my girlfriend. I'll just excuse me, and she was don't Trump me, and I'm like oh oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. (laughs) It's uh, it's one of those it's one of those funny situations. But I I hear that feedback a lot. And that's actually the feedback that really um, motivates me to keep going with it. Because after a while, I mean, I do these kind of silly sketches and stuff. And I also want to make it pertinent to real issues. But I also don't want to make it too heavy, right? Uh, As you had said at the beginning of the show. Um, But it's it's that what you just mentioned. It really helps us get through hard times. And look, I'm not looking for pats on the back. I'm not looking for, you know, anybody to come over there and and, and just say things nice to me because I want to hear it. And I don't need always positive reinforcement. Right. I'm always I like constructive criticism, too. And that's why we do a lot of the times these live streams with the Captain Deplorable brand with the audience to write material together. We just did one. Uh, Wednesday night, and on our on our Rumble channel, and and we wrote new jokes together because why? Well, because I make content for the people who follow our brand and follow you know both myself, Captain Deplorable, etc., and those who follow both. Right? It's like we make the content together because you are the brand. We are the brand. We are literally by the people for the people, and that's what I pride. That's what I take the most pride in. Right? So when I hear these comments about um it helps us get through these hard times you know you go to a drive-thru and you order from Arby's and it's hilarious there's no horsey sauce and 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 you say you know bear shelves Biden it's disgusting you say something like that and, and people laugh and it distracts them from the fact that our country's in trouble and I don't want to distract us too much so that we laugh all of our troubles away but a little bit of levity in some hard times helps kind of soften the blow and I've heard from a lot of people that, hey, it's kind of motivating, you know, you're putting your face out there, you put your name out there, uh, you, you know, you do all of these things to kind of show that you don't just impersonate Trump, but you're a conservative, you're a patriot. You, you, you know, I, I really love this country. And if that's the way that we can wake people up by, by doing, you know, short videos and longer form content now on 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 various different platforms to get people out to motivate people to not just be funny, but to take action that to me is the most important thing. And and I hope that that continues for the next, not just, you know, 18 months up until the election, but beyond that, far beyond that, so that we don't lose our country and never wind up in this position again.
1: Absolutely. And this is why what you do is so critically important. And you just said so much there, Sean, that I really want to unpack. And guys, don't worry, we are going to have him do his famous Trump impression. But first, got to excavate some of this other stuff. Um, Sean, you know, most presidents um, might be able to deliver a joke or two, right? Like at the White House correspondence Dinner, Obama could land a joke. Richard Nixon could land a joke. Ronald Reagan was a trained actor, so he was very good at this. But none of them hold a candle to Donald Trump's natural ability to be funny. Not just land a joke that someone else wrote for him, but actually be organically funny. And we've never had a president like that before. Now, you can say, well, we don't hire a president to give us laughs. We hire a president to lead the country and be leader of the free world. All of that is true. But he has all of that, plus the natural ability to be funny. So how has that affected you? You, in terms of your impressions of Donald Trump, because a lot of people in the past, like a couple of years ago, I had the uh, blessing of meeting Rich Little. Actually, it was last year. And Rich Little made his entire career impersonating Richard Nixon and Ronald Reagan and Bill Clinton to a lesser extent, but as Nixon made him really famous. But, you know, it was it was almost like a caricature of them. And it got a lot of laughs and he's a lovely guy. But when you were dealing with a president, the only president who is naturally gifted in terms of comedy, how does that affect you? How do you work around that?
0: Oh, it's perfect actually, because it helps me kind of, it it helps the content really grow, right? When I did the uh, Trump GPS sketch, which was one of the one of the early ones that really started to blow up and a lot of people started to say, who, who is this guy? And I said, uh, you know, because I was sitting, literally this is the story behind that sketch. I was sitting in my friend's truck in the, in, the, in the passenger seat. And I was like, we're waiting to go to Applebee's, just get a drink or something one night. And I, I, I said, let's do a quick little sketch. People want to hear if Trump was the voice on their GPS. He starts laughing. So I'm sitting there and I just go, you know, if you make a left, if you go too far left, if you see Bernie Sanders, you've gone too far, believe me. And he's, he's <laughs> cracking up in the seat And I'm going but 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 to your point, right, Donald Trump is naturally funny. You know, I can remember uh, and I was I never followed him on The Apprentice. I was never interested in that show, not because I didn't like it. It just wasn't my thing. I was always watching sports, et cetera. So uh, when I saw him at, let's say, in 2016, that election cycle, the Al Smith dinner, just ripping Hillary Clinton to shreds. And I'm like, you know what? I want to say these things to this person. You know, when I see him, um, uh, you know, on the debate stage, because you'd be in jail. You know, I go, wow, like that's that's what I want, right? When I see him in a coronavirus press conference and Burke said she coughed, and he starts going the other way, going, uh-oh, uh-oh. Like making light of it, I'm going, yeah, I kind of feel that way about this pandemic too. Like, I don't think it's as big a deal as everyone's letting on, right? He's naturally funny. So that actually helps me. It also helps the fact that I'm from Long Island. I grew up on Long Island. I live in Tennessee now. Thank goodness. I left a a blue state for a nice free red state. We have our own issues here, but it's a lot better. The air is freer here in Tennessee, but I grew up in Long Island uh, or on Long Island as anyone from Long Island now is going to have an issue with me for saying in (laughs) Long Island. I grew up on Long Island. He's from Queens, right? So I kind of get his New York mindset his wit. Um, I think, uh, Dan Bongino also, he always comments, you know, Queens people are different. Yeah, Manhattan people have the money. Brooklyn people have the, you know, the 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 uh, the boldness, the toughness. Queens people are kind of like caught in the middle, so they have to overcompensate. To, so, so I have the greatest, I'm the biggest, I'm the bestest. My hair's beautiful, my buildings are tall, I build everything with my hands. And so all you got to <laughs> do is just slightly exaggerate everything that he does. But I, it's funny because like sometimes... I'll say something and people will be did Trump really say that? And I'm like, no, no, that was really me. He didn't do it, but he would say that. And so that's what I think helps the connection between, between me and what my mind is thinking and what he would possibly say. I mean, just, just go through some of his old tweets. The guy is unfiltered. Uh, and, <laughs> and I think that really helps the, the comments. I, that helps the content grow and that helps the content take on a, a character in and of itself.
1: Yes, I mean, that is really an understatement that the guy is unfiltered. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, especially on social media, but especially, you know, in person, too, when he's operating without a script, which is most of the time, Donald Trump is totally unfiltered. Okay, please stand by. Much more with Sean Farish, straight ahead. Okay, we're back with Sean Farish, Captain Deplorable. They have come at Donald Trump as being a liar. And of course, that's classic projection because they're the worst liars on the face of the earth. Um, Donald Trump is actually the, the most honest president we have ever had because he says what he means, means what he says, wears his heart on his sleeve, no filter, blurts it out, blurts out the truth which is the primary reason why they have to destroy him, of course, because it can't allow the truth to be exposed. Um, so all of that, yeah, I guess that does work to your advantage, right? Because he is so unfiltered and he's so raw and authentic.
0: Yeah, it works to my advantage 100%. And and I always say, too, you know, you said, you just said this now, and this is why a lot of people connected with him in 2016 and, and, and his numbers grew in, in 2020. do twenty. Let, let's also... Just remember that there's this, is a, this is narrative going around that Trump's going to lose the middle. He grew the amount of support that he had from 2016 to 2020. He was at the, he had 73 million or so votes in 2020. I think he had, what, 63 million or something or 60 something million in, in 2016. So he grew by a number larger than any sitting president has ever grown their support before, right? So I don't want to hear this idea that, oh, he's losing support, he's hemorrhaging this, he's hemorrhaging that. He grew his support because he can connect with the American people because he speaks like we do. You know, there may be some people who go, oh, you know i think that's a little much fine that's trump but that's always been his brand his, his brand has always been that's eh, a little much you know did he have to say that about rosie rosie adal did i have to say that i didn't have to say that but i wanted to say that and it's incredible i would i would <laughs> look at him and i say you know uh, his unfiltered nature his honest nature what did the guys say we're going to build a wall he didn't come out there and do this nonsense pre- well we have to uh, speak about enhancing border security and start using sat words and boring people to tears he said we're building a wall and then what did he do? He built a wall. He almost finished it. You know, everything that he wants to do, we're going to do sp- we're going to name the, the next branch of the military. Oh, what is people going to call the uh, this, the 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 extraterrestrial survey? No, no, no. We're going to call it Space Force. Very simple Space Force. I mean, one of my favorite <laughs> one of my favorite moments of the Trump presidency was when we took out uh, Abu Bakr al-Baghdadi. And he just comes on that, that press conference. I'm, I was listening to it when I was driving. I almost crashed because he, he, he died like a dog. Like he like says like all this, like obnoxious and that, that's no way. What do you mean? That's no way to treat him. He's the founder of ISIS. By all means. I said, brag. He talks about the canine, you know, the, I forgot that mate what was the dog's name that, that uh, Conan was the name of the dog that chased Baghdadi down the tunnel. And he says, our canine, he just goes, I call it a dog, a beautiful <laughs> dog, a talented dog. That, Who else is doing that? And he's not doing it necessarily to be funny. He's just saying, folks, it's a dog. We don't have to refer our canine special unit. A dog chased the guy down the tunnel, scared him. You know what list? And we killed him. I mean, that's what I want to hear. I don't want to have to unpack and decipher what my president is saying. I like when Donald Trump and people have been asking for this forever. Right. I just want a president that tells the truth. You got one and then you didn't like it. I mean, right. come on. That's I, right. That, that's that's my biggest issue.
1: Yeah, that's right. And that points to a deep psychology in everybody. I mean, especially when the truth is very frightening um, and people will go into all kinds of psychological gymnastics to try to control their surroundings. And in fact, uh, my good friend Bill Siegel wrote a book called The Control Factor, um, taking all of this apart about the psychology that we all use, the mental gymnastics, to prevent ourselves from seeing the nature of the true threats around us. He wrote it with regard to the Islamic threat, but it applies across the board. You know, our economy is collapsing. We've got the CCP breathing down our throats, and we could become a vassal state to the Chinese Communist Party. We've got the weaponization of our own government against us. We've got the Marxist revolution about to tip this country over into a a communist kind of model. There are so many very deep threats coming at us that we will do whatever we can to think that we have some sort of control over what's coming at us when we really don't. And Trump is like, Hey man, I call it like I see it. And you better deal with the threats now before they metastasize and become so big that you can't deal with them at all. And you're defeated. So Trump is the one who's actually, you know, being like, Hey, y- you got to eat your peas before you can have dessert. I'm here to give you the peas, but I'm also here to make sure that we get to the dessert
0: Right, You I mean this is this is the whole this is the whole the whole aspect of, of what makes Donald Trump so great, right? He gives you the he will tell you things that he doesn't uh, I, I say this all the time on my show that the object of, of, of my show the, the goal is not always to tell you what you want to hear, but most of the time, I will tell you what I believe you need to hear, right? It's like uh, always hearing something rose, you know rainbows and butterflies and wearing rose-colored glasses, that doesn't help us when times get tough. I mean the facts of the matter is, That China, like you said, China. I like to say that China. China is (laughs) breathing down our necks. They are right there. There is not, and 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 there are. There is infiltration happening everywhere. Yes, secret police stations in the United States. Congressmen with Chinese spies. We call her Fang Fang. You know, (laughs) Dianne Feinstein's driver was a spy for a while. The Hunter Biden information and the fact that he was what buying diamond rings from a Chinese. CCP connected guy. I mean, this is it's, it's really, really bad. The foreign influence, the spy balloons, right? The fact that we decided let's let a Chinese aircraft that is surveilling our military bases go from Alaska to South Carolina. Then we're going to lie to the American people and let them believe that we didn't shoot it down because it was over densely populated areas. But we knew about it before it got over densely populated areas. Cough, cough, the Aleutian Islands. We could shoot it down over there. What, what, what are we, what exactly are we doing, right? So Donald Trump would give you that truth straight up unapologetic. Hey, guys, this is not going to be easy to tell you, but we are going to be eclipsed by China if we don't do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G. We, Russia's not our biggest energy, uh, uh, enemy, Russia. Now they go, oh, there he is. He's Putin's puppet again. Really? If I was Putin's puppet, why did he do nothing for a beautiful four-year period of time, 2016 to 2020? We didn't hear Putin; he was nowhere. If he was Putin's puppet, why did Putin not try to take Ukraine when Donald Trump was the president? Right. The, a lot of this, uh, the 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 projection you called it, a lot of the rumors, the fake news, we can call it. A lot of that is is because they don't. They so desperately don't want Donald Trump and his philosophies philosophies to be validated. They so desperately don't want the American people to go, you know what, this, this he, the way he went about it, the way he talked about things that might not be how I would talk about it, but the results were good. Our 401ks were doing a lot better. Gas was a lot cheaper. Eggs didn't cost an arm and a leg in, in the stores, you know, red meat wasn't, uh, wasn't going up like, like nobody's ever seen before, like a rocket ship, you know, things were better. Taxes were lower. Cost of living was lower. There was less inflation when Donald Trump was the president. The left doesn't want that to happen. That's why they have tweets from Joe Biden coming out going, yeah, you know, it's uh, it's down 45 percent from its peak. Yeah, but it's up ever since you took office. You babbling buffoon. Right. Like it's it's it to me, these are the things that hold everyone that what the left wants to use to hold everyone back. About Trump, and Trump will just give it to you. That's it. He's gonna give it to you. Like you said, he's gonna give you your peas before you can have the dessert. We gotta do A, B, C, D, E, F, and G before we can be happy. And again, that's why I believe he is the man for the time right now. The one that we need to get back into the White House, take control over that executive branch. Gut, I'm talking about all those intel agencies. We got to fix it. Big bad stories coming out about the TSA lately. Uh, We know the FBI infiltrating Catholic churches, mom and dad at school board meetings, but we don't need to worry about you know, potential mass shootings. Every mass shooter seems to be on the FBI watch list. Well, what are we watching? Exactly. We watch a TV show. This is fun. You know, well, what What are we what exactly are we doing about it? Uh, you know, you have all of these these issues in the intel community, in, in the justice system that I think only one person right now is fit to completely gut and dismantle. And that's Donald Trump.
1: Yeah. Oh, 100 uh, percent. And I've been saying that repeatedly. We've got to hit this quick break, but we will be back with much more with Sean Farish. First though, guys, you know, in this fight, even revolutionaries have to look good, right? I mean, if we're going to fight this fight, we might as well look good. Am I right? But don't risk crazy facial procedures from a foreign country like Brazil or Colombia. A lot of people do that. It is nuts. You can get the best skin of your life right here with products from GenuCell. Nothing works like GenuCell because it's a family recipe for over 20 years made by a compounding pharmacist in small batches and always safe, cruelty-free, and natural. Right now, go to GenuCell.com slash Monica and save over 70% off GenuCell's most popular package, featuring their Ultra Retinol, which I use every night and I absolutely love it. It's made for sensitive skin like mine, so no irritation and really smooth, beautiful skin. And it also includes the Dark Spot Corrector. So don't wait, go to GenuCell.com slash Monica. Again, GenuCell.com slash Monica. All orders are upgraded to free shipping and every subscription order includes a complimentary spring spa box with three spa essentials, also free. This is only for a limited time, so visit now. GenuCell.com slash Monica. That's G E N U C E L, genucel.com slash Monica, genucel.com slash Monica. We'll be right back. And we're back with Sean Farish, also known as Captain Deplorable. A lot of the things that you just laid out, Sean, are really, really critical, and they point to something else, which is the symbolic nature of the presidency from George Washington, from our very first president. And that is that the the American president is and has always been considered a father figure a paternal figure. In fact, George Washington was known as the father of our country, right? So every American president has been this father figure, and that means a tough disciplinarian. And that is what, until Donald Trump, that's what the American people wanted. This is what we expected. Um, And a father figure sets guidelines, sets discipline, and has to rein things in It can't always say yes and be the good guy handing out candy. But a lot of times has to crack the whip and make sure that the country is in line and the free world is in line and go up against our enemies. That's what a father does. He is a protector. Right. And so, uh, you know, Donald Trump is that in spades. And and now everybody's like, oh, you know, we we want uh, maybe it's because of the feminization of our culture. Like, oh, well, we need a mother figure now. We need Mrs. Clinton or Mrs. Obama as president or, you know, Kamala Harris, God forbid. But that that kind of turn in the psyche is not good for the country.
0: No, it's not good for the country. And I like to I like to make this analogy when we talk about how the country's gotten real soft. Right. And and it's Mm -hmm. not it's not that we're not allowed to have feelings, not allowed to have empathy. Everyone goes, you're so cold about this issue. So I'm not cold about this issue. It's called realistic. Right. You can't always say yes. I always make this. I always make this, uh, this analogy about a dog, right? If you have a a beautiful dog, a talented, here we go with the dogs again, a canine. I always make this analogy with a dog. If your dog, when you're training your dog, you know, goes to the bathroom on your rug, let's say that's nasty. It's gross. Are you going to discipline the dog nicely and basically explain and train your dog not to do that again? Or are you going to say, don't, you know what? It's okay. You can go ahead and do that. Well, if you, if you take the second approach, the latter approach there, what do you think is going to happen down the road? your dog is it's, the precedent is being set that doing that is okay. So now we have a situation where our country is getting so soft that everyone wants to say yes, 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 yes to everybody, right? Everyone wants to hand out treats to their to their pets and and not actually have them move or exercise or earn anything anymore. What happens to what happens to somebody or a pet that you only give treats to that doesn't exercise they become fat lazy and useless. I mean they, they become ineffective. You know, I mean, we are at a point in time with our country where where handouts, 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 handouts. I, one of the biggest arguments that I always make a, a, against the whole concept of universal basic income. You know, they're like, oh, you're going to get $1,000 a month. That's great. It's a $12,000 a year raise. Cool. You think your cell phone provider is not going to want a piece of that knowing you're definitely getting it for just breathing? Right? I mean, like, you don't, people don't understand this is how inflation happens by just lessening the value of earnings, right? Uh, what Donald Trump has the ability to do and as a businessman he understands that is again you got you could set those guidelines it's not going to be we're not going to be living in 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 a prison or under some strict authoritarian rule but there have to be boundaries there's got to be a set of boundaries that our government can't do that we don't allow to happen in society or we'll witness what we're witnessing now which is a societal collapse we're now getting to a point where men are women Women are men. We don't know what those are. We're, we're getting to a point where biological impossibilities are being accepted as truths and norms. I mean, one of the ways I always sum this up is saying crazy is the new normal. Normal is the new crazy, right? Like mm-hmm. w- what what used to be crazy is now, well, it, what used to be crazy is normal. What is now normal, you know, what used to be normal, you say, no, 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 this is no. that's crazy. If you believe that, uh, if you believe in biological impossibilities about the male or female anatomy, whatever they may be, you are, if you believe in that, you're normal. If you believe that those things can't scientifically happen, right? What happened to uh, follow the science? If you believe those things can't scientifically happen, you're a bigot. I mean, that's what happens when you say yes to everybody. That's why we need that father figure and if we do get a female leader a strong mother figure my mom was very tough on me growing up not in a bad way in a in a a way that kept me on the straight and narrow right in a way that kept me living within the rules being a good person it's guidance it's discipline it's constructive criticism when needed it's and it's and it's positive reinforcement when earned it's not just positive reinforcement for the sake of being nice all the time that's how you wind up where we are today
1: Yes. Uh, oh, absolutely. You're exactly right. And as you were talking about how everything has been uh, inverted, I was thinking about scripture and there there is a passage that says there will be a time when wicked will be called good and good will be called wicked. And we are in that totally inverse perverted kind of situation right now, and that's why we need a strong leader to bring us back. I mean, and it's going to take enormous political will, and Donald Trump is really the only one that I see on the scene who has been through the fire before, understands the nature of the problem, is not in on the conspiracy to destroy the country, and has the political and personal strength to bring us back. Let me ask you, um, Sean, about, you know, you do this incredible impression of him, and I want more of it here in a second. But let me ask you about, you know, shows like Saturday Night Live, whose bread and butter has always been political humor, especially skewering American presidents, right? Um, When they're Democratic presidents in recent years, they've been very, very reticent to skewer, say, Obama or Biden. Donald Trump, no problem. However, unlike you... Their Donald Trump impressions, Alec Baldwin was, of course, the famous one, and then they had a couple of other guys doing Trump, but they simply weren't funny because they wanted to attack him. They didn't want to spoof him. Like, you're spoofing him in a very good-natured kind of way. He loves it. We all love it. Saturday Night Live attacks him in a very mean-spirited way, and that just doesn't translate to humor.
0: No, it doesn't translate to humor. I get questioned a lot about uh, SNL. Um, and, and I hear, you know, obviously Alec Baldwin and Trump has heard uh, Donald Trump has heard my uh, impression on a few platforms and he's reacted to it live. And it's just, just it's a lot better than Alec Baldwin, that whack job. SNL. <laughs> he said that, I mean, on, on uh, Kelly Golden's uh, radio show in South Carolina, she had him on and, and played some stuff for him. Um, and it was pretty funny, but the SNL thing is funny. I get a lot of people go, you should be on Saturday night live. And then there's a, there's a guy on there now who uh, he's not bad. He really isn't. He's not bad at giving credit where it's, where it's due. Um, but like you said, the nature of the humor just isn't, it, it's not funny. You know, it's only funny to people who hate Donald Trump. And if it's only funny to people who hate Donald Trump with Trump derangement syndrome, then it's only funny to a, a very significant, a very uh, specific niche of people. You can't really reach everybody. Some of the comments I get on, on some of my videos are, hey, I'm a liberal, but that was hilarious. I like that because for two reasons. One, the content is for everybody. Just come and laugh. Number two, um, if you're listening and you're a liberal and you're listening to my content, you are getting exposed to the truth one way or the other. And so it's kind of like planting seeds, right? Um, in that regard, it's funny though, SNL, People go, you should be on SNL. And I always say, you know what? Um, I, don't, I don't really think, the, the, only, the only thing I would do for SNL is, is ruin their show, to be honest with you. I would never want fake news MSNBC or fake news NBC to profit off of something that I'm doing. So what I would probably, what I would try to do, and I've said this too many times in public, so the secret's probably out, is if they ever did call, I would say, yeah, 100%, let's do it. And then we get on stage and I'll just completely make up my own thing.
1: <laughs> and it's that live
0: <laughs> and it's live there's nothing you can do about it and 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 that would probably be one of the funniest things to happen on SNL uh since Peyton Manning was on but i mean that 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 is uh that's just a story for another day i guess in terms of my my plans if they ever did call but I, it's like our version of humor is actually humor their version of humor is politically motivated attacks that is only funny to people who passionately just can't stand Donald Trump. And, and that's just not funny. This, this, this rage isn't funny, right? It, it, it's it, to, to a very small amount of people. Yes. But to the rest of the, of, of people watching SNL, it's like, okay, guys enough. And by the way, you have Joe Biden in office. The guy can't make it up a flight of steps. I mean, you've got plenty of material to work with without even taking political shots at Joe Biden, you know, just you could do a sketch on his hairy legs. I mean, for, for seriously, y- you have so much material to work with and they like they act like none of these problems exist. Well, that's because they're politically driven. And that's what hurts SNL and, and hurts them from a from a comedic standpoint, too.
1: Yeah, I know. But just like corporations or anything else in this country now, everything has become so political. They don't really care about their core mission like companies no. right disney coca-cola they don't care really that much about their core mission which is deliver a product that the people want or a service that people want and deliver for their shareholders and make a profit. They, they don't care. It's all ideological now, and it's really, it's, it's not good for the country and very unhealthy, I think, for the rest of us. Um, in our final moments with you here, Sean, I would love a full-on Donald Trump impression from, from you, if you could, please. Let's say he is on the first presidential debate stage across from Joe Biden. Can you give us some of that, please?
0: Well, of course, yeah. So you look at this guy, you look at Sleepy Joe, you remember the first debates, and he couldn't even count to three. He went from one, he skipped two, and then he went to three. And I told him, Joe, you missed number two there. Now we're standing in front of him, and he looks like he's going to fall down. Look at him. He doesn't even look where he's going. And he's got a teleprompter at a debate. Imagine that. He must know the answers to the questions. But we know that he even messes up the teleprompter. Remember he said... End of quote. Repeat the line. Remember he said that (laughs) I would never make that mistake. But Sleepy Joe makes that mistake. And he makes all the other mistakes, too. He makes mistakes on flights of steps. He makes mistakes in front of holy figures at the Vatican. And he makes all of the mistakes that have ran our country into the ground. You can't vote for this guy. You voted for him once. They say that. If you vote for him again, you're asking for misery and pain and horrible things to happen to your country. So you don't want to vote for that old babbling fool. You want to vote for the Beautiful, talented, wonderful hair. I, they call me orange. It's fine. It's fantastic. They do say orange is the new black. And now you can't disagree with me. <laughs> but we have this fantastic guy running for president again. Here I am. I am your voice. I am your warrior. I am your fighter, as I say all the time. And I'll be your retribution. And together we will make America great again. Sleepy Joe is going to hurt this country. And you can't vote for that guy. Just look at him. He's falling asleep as you, you see that. He's falling asleep right now. Somebody wake <laughs> him up. This is a problem.
1: (laughs) It's so brilliant. It's just so brilliant. Uh, Before we do let you go, Sean, did you, how did you come upon this impression? Did you stumble upon it? Were you doing impressions before? How did you discover your inner Donald Trump? So I went to school
0: for radio. I did a lot of people's voices, um, like a lot of uh, voiceovers for folks in my classes. They actually nicknamed me before he took his life, Robin Williams. Some of the people I'm like, because I was just doing everything accents and like dialects and any any sounds. I was just like, I'll do it for you. Let's go. Um, but how I found out about Trump was funny. Uh, I was bowling at a work function in like 2015 ish, and we were just having fun. I was people just bowling, and, and someone threw the, you know, the, they threw it down the uh, the lane, a strike. And I said, that was a beautiful. I just out of nowhere, I said that was a beautiful throw. You know that? He goes, what? I said that was a beautiful throw the pins went everywhere. It was like Rosie O'Donnell at an all you can eat buffet. It was a complete mess. What an incredible job. You just (laughs) did a beautiful strike. And everybody was like, that sounds like Donald Trump. And it wasn't at the level that it's at today, but they were like, that was pretty. So I did it the rest of the night and people were like, all right, enough now. And I was driving home and now reading the signs of the exits in Trump's voice. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to go have some fun. At that point, I was working and selling like direct TV cable packages. So people were, you know, it was election time. I want Fox News. And I was like, do, I would look at them and I would say, do I look like the kind of person who would take that away from you? They were like, whoa, what was that? <laughs> you know, and I was using it to make sales. And, and then eventually, you know, I was, it was, it was 2020 election, 2021, January 6th. A friend of mine finally convinced me to get on. And I, I, it's a guilty pleasure, but it worked for my advantage. TikTok, China, 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 TikTok app. We don't like it. And I went on there at the name Captain Deplorable just to do it and started making videos. And uh, one of them went viral a night before Christmas and then my Green Eggs and Ham remix. And the next thing, and I just kept doing them. And I would go on live streams and write content with everybody and then do, put, uh, put out new ones. And eventually it was the, the GPS and the Klondike bar that go viral and everybody's excited about it. And it became this larger than life thing. Um, and I really enjoy it. And, and that's really how it came to be. It sort of happened on accident. And I'm very happy that it did happen. And I'm honored and grateful that folks like you enjoy the content and continue to enjoy the content. And I'm here to keep putting out stuff that everyone enjoys and and everyone can use to lighten the mood and also here to win the election. That's first and foremost. I am a patriot. I love this country. Um, And so I never want to disrespect Donald Trump in the impersonation, which is something that uh, I'm always trying to be very mindful of. Um, But I really want to save this country first and foremost. That means the most to me. And everything else after that would just be icing on the cake and, and would be house money at that point. But let's save America. We'll do it every laugh at a time. We'll do it every vote at a time. And, and I think together, everybody coming together, we can make a difference and, 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 uh, and win going forward.
1: You are a true America first warrior, Sean, and um, and totally MAGA. You love this country with your whole heart, and that's what we all appreciate. In addition to your absolute comedic brilliance, uh, not just on Donald Trump, but so many other things, you are so gifted. You're so talented. Those are all gifts from God. And guys, like I said, if you want to change the country, you have to change the culture. It's not just about the next election, as important as every election is, especially Donald Trump coming up. But it's not just about our political leaders. It's about where the culture is and going. So if you really want to change this country, I tell you all the time, we have to change the culture. One of the big ways you can do it is support the people that we put on this show who are so talented and are doing the hard patriotic work as well as entertaining us and making us laugh. And Sean Farish is definitely one of those. So please go check out his show. It is called Ungoverned. He's the host of Ungoverned on LFA TV you can find it on Rumble and also check him out on his website captain deplorable 45 dot com check him out there and on social media on Twitter. He's at Sean with a W S H A W N underscore Farish F-A-R-A-S-H. Support Sean however you can guys okay you can hear how brilliant and uh and how patriotic he really is and he deserves our support. Mr. President thank you so much sir
0: thank you so much Monica Crowley has my complete and total endorsement.
1: She's fantastic
0: she's incredible (laughs) And we appreciate being on the show. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you, Sean. You too. Well, today's show was really an interesting and fun mix. Am I right? We did some heavy stuff, revolutionary stuff at the start. Then we had some good laughs with Sean. So happy to have you on board on this Friday. Really, I'm grateful to y'all. I really, really am. And thank you for checking out all of our fantastic sponsors really grateful for that too. Um, okay. Big shows coming up next week. I want to deal with the border and some other stuff. So you're not going to want to miss all of those shows. And I want you to have a fantastic weekend with those you love. Really? That's, that's absolutely what matters. You need your rest. You need the fortification of being with your family and your friends in this fight. So don't skimp on that. All right. The fight never ends, but you need to fortify yourself. I will see you right back here on Monday.